Seriously, you idiots haven't figured it out? A bunch of yahoos getting together and talking DC's Legends of Tomorrow would be a great idea. Problem is, they all decided they had better things to do and left Bell holding the bag. Tasked with finding new hosts, Bell interviewed the best people he could find. When they said no, he decided to ask us to help out. We're not professionals, we're not broadcasters, but what we are is... Straight out of the timeline and right into your ears. I'm Bell. I'm Kyle. And I'm Jack Swagger. And this <laughs> is Legends TV Talk. Seriously, guys, who writes this stuff anyway? They sound like a chucklehead. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way I write. (laughs) So. I love me so much. (laughs) Welcome to Narcissism TV Talk, where today we're going to talk about about (laughs) how awesome we all are, specifically Will. Yeah, specifically Will? me. Let's make it about me this week. Okay. How how awesome how awesome are you, Will? Well, when I look at the awesome meter, which I have uh, created patent pending, okay. uh, it says I am awesome times infinity plus seven. So you know, I, I have that going for me. Are you, are you sure there's not a time zero at the end? No, I'm positive there's no zero. In fact, when I built it, there was no zero. I decided Aww. that the idea of zero is just a is a concept and not really a mathematical reality. So you're either Roman or uh, highly Roman. advanced. I don't know. Rome, if you want to. A what? <laughs> <laughs> I just start singing B-52s all day. Wrong, wrong Romans. Ah. Are, like, yeah. Like so not... you're calling me Italian? I'm sorry, sir. I'm Irish. No. Uh, uh, <laughs> Roman Polanski. Oh, uh, oh, oh my. <laughs> wow. Wow, that that just got awkward. So, so you're saying you I have... should go on the run for child, you know, child like molestation charges and should move to Europe? Is this what, what you're is trying like to kidnapping? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. He just did don't... something wrong. He did a lot of things wrong from what I understand. <laughs> and now he is uh basically I think he's on the run. Maybe yes. He's 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 basically living in Europe where they will not extradite him back because they're like pretty much everybody said, "Oh, he's going to be locked away for from now on." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're he's hi- basically hiding in Germany and he like he won an Oscar or something two years ago and it was like a big stink and maybe it was five years ago because he wouldn't come. You know, they were waiting at the airport and he, oh, I'm sure you know, they were. he didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> The Trojan Oscar, that's what it was. Yep. Isn't that Felix? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. We need to check out Kyle every... every I don't, I don't every know, yeah. We're, we're, we're actually uh, recording at... Uh, this is 9 o'clock, 9.13 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, I guess, now that it's not daylight. No, no so is it Central daylight Daylight Time? Yes, okay, Central- there's more Daylight Savings than Standard, but for some reason... It's daylight savings. Daylight savings is ridiculous, so we need to get rid of yeah. it. But that's a whole other topic altogether. But anyway, uh, due to scheduling conflicts, uh, we are recording very early in the morning. So if this podcast comes off a little off, you now know why. A off. Comes, yeah, comes across a little off. That's more words. See, it's already off. <laughs> yeah, we're already off. 
And see, I'm awake. I'm like, I'm an hour in the future from you guys. So I'm like, I've had coffee. I, I went like out, I took the trash to the dump. I mean, I've had a morning. You, wait, you took <laughs> trash to the dump? Yeah, actually, like they don't do like pickup here. So I can either pay 40 bucks a month to have somebody come and do it. Or I'm like, I can just take the four bags of garbage I do to like the dump on Saturday myself and dump it for nothing. So like, I'll do that. Wait, that's, you don't have trash pickup? That's no. still a long way. Dude, I live in a very rural community, dude. Man, I grew up in Mississippi, and we had trash pickup. Yes, it wasn't it called the local bar? But <laughs> No, it was actually called the, the fire pit. <laughs> oh, oh we, have, we have a rim shot button. Oh, <laughs> now, we, we just burned it all down the street. Oh, well, that's a, well, we do that, too. We do a lot of burning here as well. <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny. We're... Um, like the uh, the guy downstairs is moving out um, because my uh, fiance stench. No. <laughs> well, we kind of he's leaving and he's wrecked the house. Oh and I shit, went down really? there today. Oh yeah, I went down there today and I'm just like, if they don't take all this stuff, I'm like, we're gonna have to get a rollaway dumpster. And she's like, oh no no no, honey, what my dad will do because he's he's the owner, he's giving it to us. He's like, but what my dad will do is he'll come here with a backhoe. We will <laughs> dig a hole. We'll put everything in it, and we will cover it. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I, we're basically going to make our own landfill. This <laughs> is like, I am in the country. You know? It makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. We, in the country, there are no regulations. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we don't need roads. I mean, we need roads, but we don't have we don't roads. Have where we're going, we don't have roads. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah, welcome to my nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I did put on Facebook today, though, like one of those auction sites. Um, there is a guy who's offering to do snow removal with a flamethrower. Interesting. <laughs> I kind of want to hire him. He's like 150 bucks. I, I have no insurance, and I do not guarantee against property damage. I'm just like, there's a part of me that just wants the Facebook Live of a dude with a flamethrower doing snow removal. It's like, just laughing maniacally the whole yeah. time while he's doing it. Yeah. So, well. <laughs> yes. And Kyle, are you still awake? The we the answer lost. to that is no. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Who? It's more me. Kyle, are you are you, <laughs> are you awake? I'm awake. I'm alive. Sorry, I had to check yeah. on the uh, old pooch. Ah. Uh, yeah. See, Kyle's coming back from third shift, and so he's like struggling. He he's the biggest trooper of us all right now. He's like he's like it's like he's drunk. This will be great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. say crazy things. Honestly, if I was drunk or hungover, I would not be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna yawn first. <laughs> and then there's Bell. Who wouldn't do that on just... Flash TV talk? You know, Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> Hashtag professionalism hashtag we don't have uh sponsors yeah hashtag we don't hashtag hashtag let's just hashtag no patrons (laughs) (laughs) all right well i i I think we've rambled enough to the poor audience yes please tell me they haven't clicked off yet yeah uh so now we're actually going to start talking about legends because i think it's time for a history lesson and now gentle listener it is time for a history lesson on Legends TV Talk. Thank you, Bavaldi. Uh, 
No, that's not. Was it Vivaldi or was it? Yes, Vivaldi Spring. Very good. Okay, good. You get uh, five points in the music history category. Five points to Gryffindor. You have control of the board. All right. Uh, season two, episode 14, Moonshot, directed by Kevin Mock, written by Grianne Godfrey. Uh, Will, why don't you tell us what happened during this episode? When the legends track Commander Steele to NASA headquarters in 1970, they learn where Nate's grandfather hid the last fragment of the Spear of Destiny. The team notices a time aberration during the Apollo 13 mission and believes that the Legion of Doom might be involved. As the legends journey into space to intercept Apollo 13, the Wave Rider suffers massive internal damage and Ray's life is left in jeopardy when he's stranded on the moon. Meanwhile, tension grows between Rip and Sarah as to who the leader of the team is. I never Bob, end Bob. a sentence with a preposition. You're a federal officer. <laughs> Anyone Excuse name me, that movie? Sir, you, you have a dangling participle. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, Oscar. so... <laughs> Oscar de la Hoya? No, did you ever see the movie Oscar with Sylvester Stallone? No, probably not. Okay, long story short. You need to look... It's Stallone trying to do comedy. Oh, wow. And it's great, because Tim Curry's in it, and he kind of steals the movie, and he talks about a mobster's dangling participle, and then there is a joke which you can kind of write yourself <laughs> about a dangling participle. <laughs> Excellent. But continue. <laughs> Well, anyway, so uh, yeah, what 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 were your guys' overall impression of this episode? I, I actually enjoyed it. There's some very glaring issues that I had that we'll talk about here in a moment, but overall, I think uh, they seem to have gotten their stride back with the camp and the things like that. Uh, and I overall thought this episode was pretty good. Uh, Kyle, what about you, man? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I like I like the whole aspect of space, and I like the Apollo mission. Um, so it was a really interesting take on everything. And I loved what they did with, um, or what commander Steele did with his piece of the spear. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. With what they did, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, in a fictional, in a fictional show, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In, in, in Legends of Tomorrow, it does make sense. Uh. <laughs> like what commander Steele did with his spear. It sounds like a <laughs> Hey, we're trying to be hashtag professional here. I Come get on, that I'm in the tile. I understand. <laughs> Welcome to Innuendo TV Talk. Oh, giggity. <laughs> giggity, 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 goo. Well, I'm Quagmire here for Giggity <laughs> TV answer, Talk. That was in answer to your wow. question, Bell. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> um, my field is information technology. I don't do impressions. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but no. I liked this episode a lot. Um, I kind of got to give them credit for, you know, if they're going to choose an Apollo mission to do, doing Apollo 13, which, you know, let's face it, we've all seen the movie, you know, it kind of automatically gives you a leg into the episode. Like everyone can kind of feel like they're in the know about what this movie, you know, what this was about. So they could skip over a lot of the, technical jargon and why they're going around the dark side of the moon and all they got to skip a lot of that like they used apollo 13 to kind of pre-set up this episode i think that's genius yeah you know it it, but apollo 13 is like an old movie comparatively you know everybody's seen it though it's on like every saturday on some tbs tnt amc wannabe station if you think about it (laughs) 
Yeah, that I mean, is how many true. times have we all seen? Houston? They got to say Houston, we have a problem. You know what they were talking about? Yeah, no. I mean everybody. Yeah, everybody pretty much knows that. Uh, you know, Houston, we have a problem thing. So, and I, you know, probably because of that, that's why they chose Apollo thirteen and not something like Apollo one. Uh, <laughs> well, that would be <laughs> Apollo one would be really hard to do. Yeah, uh, you never really left Earth, and uh, you know, uh, hashtag yeah. sorry, Virgil, but. <laughs> Yeah, that would be. I mean, because I was trying to think of other, you know, Apollo missions they could have done where there were. I mean, because everything 11. else. They could uh, have the, just done the moon landing. Just done the moon landing? If you think about it. Yeah. What do they aberrate on that, though? Yeah, exactly. Like, they had to create this aberration so that. So they had to do 13. Because after the moon landing, Apollo 12 and 14 through 17, I mean, they were just kind of. You know, they really just, they were sleepers. Nobody I mean, knew. aside from the fact that we went like 350,000 kilometers to the moon. Hey, I'm not saying that that's how it should be. I'm just saying that that's how it's perceived these days. Isn't that crazy? You know, yeah. we go to the moon and everybody's like, oh, crap, we went to the moon. And then like, oh, Apollo 16, who cares? Like, yeah. if I was alive, then I'd be like, I want to be an astronaut. But since I had the space shuttle growing up and one of them exploded when I was a baby, and I was kind of like. Exploded on reentry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was not when I was a baby, though. That was no. That was about twelve years ago, I think. Yeah, uh, I'd love to go to space, but yeah, it's uh, too expensive, too much work, and uh, I don't see us going to space anytime no. soon. Did you? Yeah. Kyle? To what? What? Kyle, you're back. We lost you for a second. It was too expensive. Too. Oh, it's too expensive. It's too much work, and uh, we're not planning on going to space anytime soon. Well, I know Elon Musk is going to like send people to Mars in 2020. Supposedly, he says. Uh, wow. I somehow... Will you be on that mission? Because I mean, this will be tougher to do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll have light delay as we try to record a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. So, uh, anywho, uh, back to the episode. Uh, we have a situation where uh, Apollo 13 has not gone the way that they anticipated it which was bad because the oxygen tank explodes as everybody knows as we we're talking about you know apollo 13 is kind of the preface of this episode and so everybody pretty much every every american i would say at least would know that that story just because of the movie and because of you know the houston we had a problem kind of thing so uh yeah they're kind of surprised to to, to hear that everything's going in flying colors so that's how they get tipped off that there is an aberration here and what we figure out is that Eobard Thawne has taken the place of Jack Swigert, who is now dead, R.I.P. Jack Swigert. Um, because, I mean, that, that's that's the only evidence that we have previously, is that the only other time this technology has been used is face-swapping stuff that uh, that reverse, uh, reverse flash Eobard Thawne has. The other person winds up dead. So, yeah, well, I think he says that. He's like, I, you know, that they have to die for him to yeah. take their genetic code. So yeah. Now that was in Flash. Uh, th- there's there's been some retconny things that we'll talk about uh, in just a little bit, but uh, so th- this causes us an issue. We have the team is split basically into three. Uh, we have a one man team of Ray who gets onto the uh, the Apollo uh, command module and uh, uh, the limb, the uh, lunar ascent. Mo- no, the limb. Well, they call it the lunar limb. excursion module. Lunar excursion module. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so, yeah, so Ray is over there. Uh, we have Jax, Stein, and Rory are in mission control, and then everybody else is on the ship. Uh, and so that's kind of our three plot points. Uh, the 
main stuff, I would say, I don't know. They, 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 there's kind of three three things that I'll say the main, the most important ones, the stuff that happens on the limb and stuff that happens on the wave rider, because uh, most of the time, <laughs> mission control is being spent as a distraction, uh, which we'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, but yeah, so so we we talked to the Commander Steel, the original Commander Steel, not the Nate Commander Steel, uh, and he tells us that he hid his fragment of the Spear Destiny on the moon, which is you know it's a pretty pretty damn good place to hide it if you ask me. I mean, what, what if Kyle, if you had to hide a piece of the Spear Destiny, where would you hide it? I would, Kyle. <clears throat> yeah, wakey Hello? wakey, eggs and bacon. Here, no, I know. <laughs> So, uh, if you had to hide a piece of the Spirit of Destiny, where would you hide it? I, I would probably yeah, I'd hide it on the moon, but I'd probably do it maybe on the uh, the lunar module in like, like just maybe the leg, <laughs> yeah, someplace a little bit, you know, not as conspicuous, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I thought, I mean, you know, nobody's gonna like mess up with the flag. I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, I, I think the moon is is a, is a pretty pretty good hiding place. Yeah, uh, not not too many people go there. It's <laughs> not it's not easily accessible, and um, uh, there's uh, no atmosphere. So now, yeah. I will say it's not exactly future proof, though. Just because you know, I'm sure eventually in the future people will be going to the moon, and although I, I figured they would probably turn the lunar landing site into like a uh, resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like nobody's gonna be touching it anyway. So this belongs in a museum. No, Dr. Sorry. Jones, you belong <laughs> in a museum. <laughs> no time for love, Dr. Jones. <laughs> so, Will, where would you hide the Spear of Destiny? Oh, what a loaded question. Uh, no, you know, I think that was, oh, you know, geez. that was probably it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. that, that, I like it. Uh, I think where he uh-huh. did it was fine. I, I mean, really, they were never supposed to find it. You know, no one was supposed to. I, I'm kind of like, there's no place to hide it because apparently, if they could find it on the moon, they could find it anywhere. Yeah. You know, I think you know it might even be better just to put it on a rocket and just shoot it out of the solar system. Yeah. Space is so you know, big; it'd be so hard to find that. Yeah, but then again, Eobard would show up and be able to do it because you know he's from the future. What if you put it on the Voyager probe? Oh, see, that would have been genius. Because I mean but, that that thing's like way past the orbit. Uh, I mean, it's like in the Oort cloud now or something. Well, when did it launch? When did or, when did a? Uh, it launched in the seventies. I mean, it's it was a little bit yeah. later. Uh, so he would have had to hold on to it for a while. Yeah, yeah, and then we couldn't have you know Ray say Houston we have a problem. Um, I, I, got that like, I liked putting it in the flag. Yeah. I thought it was a worthwhile, you know, place for it. And I think it allowed, you know, they had to put it someplace where we could then have the quest to go get it. So that's better than, you know, yeah, where I would have originally put it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and this is this is kind of an interesting situation because, yes, we have the team split up into three places. But we also have one of the team members with the villain, Eobard Thawne, who is on the uh, the lunar... Apollo 13 mission because he wants to go retrieve the spear, of course. And uh, this this causes like a really weird scenario where the they uh, they end up getting in a fight. Uh, Eobard separates the the limb from the command module in order to make the descent to the surface. They get in a fight, 
And this is where I have the biggest issue with this episode. Uh, and it, it, it starts on something that I think they they thought of, and but they didn't think hard enough about it. So if you guys remember from season one of The Flash, when Barry is fighting uh, Reverse Flash, one of the tactics that he uses is to fall. That's season two. Is that season two? Uh, yeah, it's against Zoom. Oh, okay. Why do I keep thinking that's season one? Um, anyway, season two against Zoom, Barry decides to, to fight him in free fall. Now, the interesting thing about this is because they're both falling at the same rate, uh, gravity affects them the same way, they're both a similar size, so wind resistance is going to play into that, Barry can't, or, or Zoom can't run away from him. So they're both in the same place. Now they can fight on an equal footing. Uh, which I thought was an extremely ingenious way to fix the speed gap. I thought that was super cool. Now, you can still punch super fast. You can still kick super fast. You can headbutt super fast. You can sneeze super fast. You can do all that kind of stuff because you're still a speedster, but the you can't run faster when you're in free fall. Uh, right. Yeah, they took that idea because essentially – the the microgravity that you experience in space is you're just free falling. You're 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 falling towards the earth, but you're falling so fast that you cur- that you go around the earth instead of falling towards it. And so because of that, you're constantly in free fall, and that's why you experience now my I'm free. <laughs> free and that, that's why fly. there's also constant Sorry. Tom Petty playing in space. Uh, <laughs> it's they say in space no one can hear you scream, but that's because the Tom Petty is too loud. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so you're constantly in free fall, and that's why you experience microgravity. So they they took this idea, and they went with it, uh, but they went way too far with it. Now, Kyle, you know, in in the episode, they they decide to fight, and it's like, oh, you know, speedster, his speed doesn't work in zero gravity, and that's that's not the case because like, Reverse Flash should have been able to to speed punch him, right? Um, I mean, yes, and. No, I, I, I kind of want to say no. I mean, do we know? Do we really? Do we really know how a speedster works in well zero physics. g? Physics. If you know, if you what what causes a problem when you get hit is the fact that you're standing still. Okay, it's it's the impact. However, in zero g, if you hit him, he will. You move. would also be flying back. Yeah. So it. It, it, I kind of got that. I'm like, okay, he's going to move. You know, it's kind of like swimming. Have you ever tried to hit somebody in water? Yeah, but see, here, here's my here's my issue with that. What I would, what I, the way I wish they would have, you know, because he can still vibrate his hand and stab him through the chest. There's all yeah. sorts of things that he could have done. But think and about so, it, like, he can't vibrate. There's nothing. Everything is in motion. It, there's nothing really relative. You might be going a little bit faster, and if he tries to vibrate through, as he vibrates, the way the physics is going to work. He could end up vibrating the uh, the limb itself at the at a different frequency, causing it to change with him. See, there's no gravity. What I was thinking they should have done is like he tries to speed punch, but like yeah. he punches him a couple times and just they just knock each other away. Right, right, and so then they bounce off the walls. So they come back, and he realizes that using his powers in zero g isn't as advantageous as he thought. But what right. they just said was is that oh, in zero g, speedster powers don't work. Yeah, and I think that's what they meant. I think they were trying to dumb it down for, you know, and avoid the effect. Because think about it. That would also be an expensive effect. Rather, they could just say, yeah, he can't do it. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. They, they, they just, it, it seems to just gloss over it, and that kind of made me mad because I wanted them to not gloss over that and address that because they, I, I thought it was such a good job in the uh, in season two of the Flash coming up with that explanation, and here they just kind of like abuse it. I think I don't yeah, know. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, the the issue that we have is uh, in that fight, the limb is detached from the command module, so now. Uh, they're on the dark side of the moon. They're coming down, and uh, Ray has to land the uh, the lunar module. Uh, <laughs> and remember, this is a guy who is you know a corporate uh, CEO guy, scientist, superhero guy, and not a former fighter pilot or has any experience whatsoever uh, <laughs> with piloting spacecraft. So, all things considered, I think he did a pretty good job putting that ship down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he didn't. Well, he didn't crush it too badly. Yeah, he did. He bent one of the legs a little bit, it seems. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the the bigger issue here is that they're on the dark side of the moon when a lot of this is happening. So there's no radio communication because you know you have line of sight, and so you can't see the Earth. Radio waves can't hit the Earth. Blah blah blah. So uh, when they come out of that, though, they're about you know the, the the issue is that you know Mission Control can still talk to them. So if Mission Control hears someone who's not uh, any of the astronauts that are supposed to be there, eh, it's going to be an issue because, you know, the whole world's watching, right? Right. So right. we have one of the more Legends-y moments of <laughs> Legends occur, and that is where dear friend of the show, Victor Garber, a.k.a. Dr. Stein, a.k.a. the guy, oh, you know what, I need to make this joke work. Sidney Bristow's dad? <laughs> yes, aka, AKA uh, Jesus vampire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, he he left the ship today. He left the ship, but he didn't go outside. Didn't well, go that's outside. right. That's he right. had to have he had to have gone outside to get into that building. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe maybe they drive a jeep into the building. Yeah, uh, this maybe... guy cannot be around the sun. I really think so. He cannot do location shots outside. I again. Jesus vampire. I mean, we'll find out next week. <laughs> so, he, so, so not only yeah, not only is he is he a Jesus vampire, uh, he is also Harry Belafonte uh, because he decides to invent the song "Banana Boat" or "Deo" uh, as a distraction. To wait, no, hold on. He didn't invent the song because the song was out. Yeah, the song yeah, was he way just out. used it as a. As a British tradition, Jam. as it, as he says, because for some reason I was thinking that that, that song didn't come out yet, uh, but no, it was in the seventies that they were. Yeah, Harry, okay, Harry, it's Chuck. You know your cousin Chuck Belafonte. <laughs> you know that new sound you've been looking for. Well, listen to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, because because for some reason I was thinking that, that the Banana Boat song came out after that, but no, it was before that. How great would it have been if they had done a reference like that? that Chuck <laughs> Belafonte works at NASA and <laughs> heard this British dude. <laughs> you know that new sound. <laughs> oh. So, so that yeah, that was great. We had uh, Victor Garber and uh, good old Dominic Purcell, aka Chuck and Harry Belafonte, <laughs> singing Deo in the mi- middle of the uh, NASA control room. And he's uh, doing it really badly, by the way. <laughs> for for a guy who can actually sing, 
Like, uh, Victor Garber has a really good voice. But yeah, no, I, mean, I met Mick. I oh, Mick like, was terrible. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I think his I think range is like. Yeah. It, <laughs> it does work. It works for Mick for sure. Uh, yeah, that was that was humorous. Um, and that was written in 1956, by the way. Yes, 1956 by Harry Belafonte. Banana Boat song in parentheses. Deo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so th- while Victor is singing, or I'm sorry, while Harry is singing, I'm sorry, while Doctor Stein is singing, while the Space Vampire is singing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Vampire, <laughs> while all of Doctor Stein's personalities are singing this song, uh, Jax is able to sever the communications between the, uh, the 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 orbiter and. Houston, so that that way they don't hear the fight or the ensuing death of <laughs> these, <laughs> these guys on the uh, lunar descent module. So um, this was interesting. My first thought was that who didn't tackle you know Victor Garber and be like, "Hey, stop singing. We have NASA stuff to do." But uh, or just interrupt him. Yeah, be like, "Shut up, faster. dude." <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so they actually pull the distraction off, and so now the, the communications are severed, and uh, we have an interesting situation. So uh, the the reason Ray is able to land the modules is because he ends up beating Eobard, a speedster, <laughs> uh, in a fight, which, like you do, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, so he beats him, ties him up, and now they're landed on the moon. But because the, the, the landing was rough, because Ray has zero experience piloting spacecraft... Uh, and by the way, I guess Jax is like a time engineer. He knows everything about every system from every point in history. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's yes, it's all just wiring, and he is sort of a electrician slash mechanic slash he works on cars. I guess he can know how to get around a, a NASA system. Yeah, you know... That's kind of what I'm thinking is that perhaps uh, his real superpower is that anytime he sees any kind of system whatsoever, he instantly understands it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to the moon. Uh, <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Uh, we have a situation there where Ray is stranded. Uh, so... And they really don't have a way to get off because uh, one of the one of the things that happens, and this is another reason why I I was mad at this episode, is uh, the since the the descent module and the command module separate, the command module kind of gets you know thrown off a course just slightly, and so the wave rider goes and picks it up with, with its tractor beam. But in one of the worst tropes ever in science fiction, a rogue <laughs> meteor storm for some reason is in between the orbit of the earth and the moon there's just it's just a pack of asteroids just orbiting the moon or something i don't know uh (laughs) that's weird yeah this was this that was just dumb oh yeah (laughs) and so there's a bunch of asteroids coming towards the wave rider and so uh this is where we get uh, some tension between rip and sarah because Sarah now is acting as captain, and uh, she decides to put the Wave Rider in between the command module and the asteroids to protect it. Because, you know, the Wave Rider can su- survive a direct nuclear blast right outside yeah, the hole. Yeah, but a couple of rocks thrown at it, and oops, we lost guidance. 
I know, right? Never mind. Did, did that bother anybody else? Or was that just me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, because the Wave Rider is is the ultimate MacGuffin. Uh, there's a lot of MacGuffins in this episode. First off, <laughs> <laughs> we actually had a person MacGuffin this week. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah, lots, of, lots of MacGuffinage. Uh, the whole meteorite storm thing. No, that doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of meteorites that hit the Earth. Sure, over the course of time, uh, like in the, even in the course of a day, there's like a ton of space debris. You know, but it's microscopic space debris. There's just you know, there's a lot of it about. Um. <laughs> so yeah. So so basically, what happens is is the the asteroids, uh, which don't be looking to be to be traveling at, at at orbital speeds. By the way, uh, bounce off the wave rider, apparently harmlessly, but apparently not because they had to make tension and drama in the episode, uh, and it causes the wave rider to be damaged to the point where they can't go pick up a ray. So now we have MacGuffin number two of this week, and that is Eobard Thawne. <laughs> so, I I, I kind of did like how they did this one because Ray is sitting there. You know, he does his spacewalk. He goes and grabs a piece of the spear, and he comes back and he's talking to the to the uh, legends, and they're like, "Sorry, Ray, we can't pick you up. You're going to be stranded." And so uh, Ray decides to do his best Martian imperson, uh, impersonation uh, by and recording... build a and build a weapon with a T thirty seven space modulator. <laughs> no, no, not not that Marvin the Martian. Oh, oh sorry, uh, Matt Damon the Martian. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> I, I'm sorry we ran out of time for Matt Damon this week, so he'll be on next week. Yeah, so we'll Matt talk about Matt Damon. Damon. <laughs> we'll talk about Matt Damon next week. Sorry, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I love their feud. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so what's what's funny about this one is uh, is that the Legends got picked up in 2016. Uh, Andy Weir's The Martian came out in 2017. Uh, no. And Ray was... Didn't? Martian came out in 2016. Oh, did it? Yeah, okay. Last year. That's right. It did come out last year. But they got picked yeah. up before that, though. Plus, time ship. Yeah, I guess Gideon just has like a, a feed on on all the movies. Yeah. Because she could just pirate them from the future. Once they've already gone. Technically, to it wouldn't be pirating because it, it would have already been out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so Gideon allows Ray to see movies in the future. Exactly. Correct. Yes, okay. So he it's makes... Like we're going to watch Superman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny that uh, Ray has played a Superman, and one of the worst Superman movies involves the moon. Um, <laughs> and I kind of was hoping that Ray would find an elevator, like, smashed into a crater. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. That should have happened. Wouldn't that have been hilarious? <laughs> if Ray finds... <laughs> uh, if he finds an elevator on the moon, he's like, why is there an elevator on the moon? And then he looks at... <laughs> and then he looks at the camera and just winks. And then the credits roll. And, like, they and then they have 15 minutes of a fight with him and that sun guy again. Wait, no, that would be a chicken episode of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What what a movie. I watched that one not too long ago. God help it. Again, I defy you guys to do a rose color retrospective on that. On Superman 4? I, I dude, I loved that movie as I was a kid. 
that was like the first Superman movie that I saw, and then I saw I saw Superman two, and I was like, this one's much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, it was Fan Stick. I said you guys probably could not do a retrospective on. Uh, yeah, that one. You know, I would have to take a lot of uh, a lot of that uh, oxytocin. You know, the, the <laughs> oxycotton. No, well that too. Uh, what the drug that makes you the the love drug or whatever that makes you feel like I don't know. Love Ecstasy. potion number nine. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> there's My some brain chemical. Sweet kisses. What? I mean, what yeah. we... there, there's like there's like a brain chemical that you know uh, makes you feel close to people. Oh, uh, endorphins. Serotonin. Nah, it's like it's they they call it the love chemical. I'm gonna Google this. Let's see here. <laughs> The love Welcome to roll. Physiology TV Talk. Where we talk <laughs> about your body. You got hair growing in strange places? That's normal. You, you, Unless you're 50 and it's in your ear, then it's normal, but sad. And it sucks. Okay, so so there's two. Yeah, so serotonin is one of them. Uh, but okay. uh, oxytocin is the other one. That's, ah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would have to take a lot of those two drugs and then a lot of other drugs in order to do a... Uh, review of Josh Chank's fan <laughs> crap stick. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> anyway. Um, it would be a 15-minute podcast. The Rose Color Retrospective is, here are the credits. Let's read them. <laughs> yeah. We're done. <laughs> well, the thing looked cool. Done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Right, so, back to Legends TV yeah, Talk. Back, back to Legends TV Talk. Uh, we have Ray, who is doing his best Andy Weir's Martian impersonation, and Eobard calls him out on it, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, and then, then yeah, we, we have our, our next MacGuffin uh, element of this episode, and that is that Eobard himself is a MacGuffin, because it's hilarious to me that, you know, I remember, you know, you learn stuff, uh, you know, we, and I say we, I mean, you know, people living in the in the 21st century, uh, we learn stuff in elementary school that, you know, 200 years ago, people our age would not have just known just period just wouldn't have known uh because it, you know it's stuff that was either like you know advances education wasn't there whatever uh running with that trend eobard is like yeah i learned astrophysics in grade school uh <laughs> so and you know because he's, he's a super scientist from the future so yeah of course he's got this you know great knowledge that they can use and so because of that uh they, they figure out a way to jury rig the Dwarf Star Matter in Ray's suit, which does that mean Ray's not going to have a suit again? No, I think he has a suit. Okay, good. I think he's got he's got you know didn't he get a bunch of Dwarf Star Matter somewhere? Oh, that's true. He got it from uh, the Wild West. Yeah, wild, before wild they West. blew it up. Wiki wiki wild wild west. Yeah, it was it was one of the it's it's in one of the containers that uh, Commander Steel sat on that specifically said radioactive material. And he just oh. spits on it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Wait, was that part of the material that flew out of the cargo hole? Because that would I be I think fun. so. That would be hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so, can I ask a question about that? Yeah. Why didn't he hold on? Uh, it, did he it, blow it, the door out, or did it just... He's supposed to have like some superpowers, right? Couldn't he have just opened the door for a little while, I think get their course corrected, and shut the door? I don't know. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think Commander Steele has any superpowers. I think he's just a really cool soldier guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he a should... Joe. Yeah, Will. Don't. Although this is a different. I bet this is a different take on the Commander Steele of old. Yeah, right? Because yeah. he was made of steel. Like on the inside, he was a cyborg. So. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, so they, they figure out between the two of them, between Eobard and Ray, how to use the Dwarf Star Matter to, uh, to launch the ship back up uh, and, and get back there. Uh, so I, I guess we should mention the whole time here, Commander Steele uh, was working at NASA as a, so that he could hide his piece of the, of the uh, spear on the flag for Apollo 11, and uh, he's on the Wave Rider with them uh, to you know help with the mission. And so they they get Nate back on there, or I'm sorry, they they get uh they they capture Eobard and they get Ray, and they're all back on their wave rider. But they're in uh, dire straits just because you know the navigation is gone. They're gonna they're they're falling into Earth's gravity well. They're just gonna burn up in the atmosphere unless they can figure out a way to do it. Um, and they figure out a way because Eobard again knows the proper descent angle into the Earth's atmosphere that, that won't let them. This this was another thing that I appreciated because uh, w- when you're dealing with like atmospheric reentry, uh, you know if you come in too hot, uh, you'll burn up. Uh, if you come in too shallow, you'll you'll basically skip and bounce off the atmosphere, and then you'll just be in a you know solar orbit. Uh, maybe you know, depending on whatever the dynamics. They and they actually they actually touched on that, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so Eobard knows the correct entry angle because, again, super scientist from the future, MacGuffin Man. Um, he says it. He's like, no, no, no. Astronavigation was taught in grade school. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> Astronavigation was taught in grade school. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and so now we have some arguments between uh, Sarah and Rip. Uh, first off, with asteroids, because Rip's like, you know, they they have this little spat saying, uh, you know, you you dropped us off in front of a nuclear bomb. He's like, but at least I time scattered you first. And he's like, you time scattered me into a period where they were going to kill me because I was a witch. And uh, <laughs> so, okay, point taken. That was kind of a kind of a douche move there, uh, Rip. But uh, but yeah. So now we have the situation where they're they're going to go into orbit. Uh, but the issue is, and this is another reference to the Martian. Uh, they're going to have to vent the cargo hold in order to correct their attitude. Uh, and I don't mean Eobard's, you know, spicy, I'm going to kill you all attitude. I mean the, the attitude of the ship. Uh, that was a terrible joke. Which is also, <laughs> by the way, a plot point of, an, of a great episode of Star Trek Next Generation when they were stuck in the causality loop. Oh, so they just like vented something and got out of they the had to vent the main sh- Well, originally they were like, "Do you ever see the one where they kept reliving the same moment over and over?" Ground and it was down? because Riker said, "Use the tractor beam," and then somebody was like, "Vent the cargo, vent the shuttle bay, and it should push us out of the way." They kept trying to use the tractor beam, and they kept blowing up the ship. Oh, interesting! <laughs> oh, dude, it's a great episode. If you haven't seen it, it's awesome. I think it was like season four or five, and it was coast, uh, guest star Kelsey Grammer. So. Oh, cool! Uh, was, Welcome was to the he- Next Generation TV talk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so uh, using another page from the Martian playbook, uh, there's a couple Martian references in this episode. They decide to uh, vent the cargo hold, but the only way they can do that is if somebody pushes the button from the inside. So that's a very, very weird design idea. It's like, let's, let's make it so that the only way to vent all the atmosphere in the cargo hold into space is to have someone push the button from inside the cargo hold. Uh yeah, Kyle, if you were designing a spaceship and you wanted to vent a compartment of said spaceship, how would you design it? I would not do it like that. Uh, <laughs> the button, button would be on the other side of the door. Yes. And I'd be in safety. 
Yes, I think that makes or, sense. Or I would have my uh, future grandson who can turn into steel and, you know, survive most things. Yeah, I'd yeah, have him yeah. Do that. Maybe have or him do that. Maybe, just going to lay this out there, two buttons, one outside. Maybe you do want one inside. Maybe just in case. You'd like, you to know. Be open the, you'd like to be able to open the cargo bay door from inside the cargo bay. I get it. <laughs> maybe you have two buttons. You know, maybe you know what? Put one on the bridge. There you go. Yeah. Here, yeah. this button here. If we press this, it opens the door. We could do it right here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I, so the- I have a I have a thought on why they did that, though. I mean, it, we could talk about that later on. But I've got a thought as to why it, that happened. Is it more speculationy? Yeah. Okay. But keep going. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So they end up having to vent it. Uh, that's the only way that they can get the correct attitude of the ship, so they can hit the atmosphere without skipping off or burning up. Uh, and so they end up landing. And now we have uh, a situation where there's a speedster who now has a gravity well in which to operate on. And Ray comes in with an anti-speedster weapon. And this weapon, he points at Eobard, and then Eobard makes the revelation that, hey, you know, all the ANSI speedster stuff, I made that. Uh, which is interesting. So I'm wondering, at what point did he make anti-speedster weapons? Was this before he was Reverse Flash? Or is this, you know, after he became Reverse Flash in order to fight Barry with? Kyle, do you think that he would have made these beforehand because he was obsessed with Barry Allen as Eobard Thawne? Or would have made them in order to fight him after he became reverse flash. Um, it was probably beforehand. Um, because why, why would you want to create a weapon that could effectively hurt you in the end? So I think it was before he became reverse flash. Yeah. Or maybe it's something to, no, no, it wouldn't be something for Barry because uh, Ebar wants to become just like Barry, so it was. So it's made. It's made just to hurt Speedsters, and so he became. He created this before he became Speedster. That's all that that means. Yeah. Well, Will, what do you, do you think? It makes that, sense uh, in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think it's? Uh, it could be because I'm. I'm. I'm trying to figure out why he would say that. Uh, do you think maybe it's also possible that the weapon, since he created it, wouldn't affect him? I don't know. I think he's just I think he's just talking. I mean, at that point he's worried about, you know, Black Flash locking on him. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's like, you know, don't even waste my time. Don't try, you know, if I had if I had a, you know, demagogue like device, you know, plot device coming after me every time I slowed down for less than 5 minutes, um, you know, or for more than 5 minutes, I I would be like, you know what? I don't want to deal with a fight with you right now. So, yeah. <laughs> I helped create that, so don't even try it. I obviously know how it works, the inner workings. I know its shortcomings, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's 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 all right. You know, I was kind of like, he wasn't going to shoot him anyway. I mean, they developed a begrudging respect for each other on the moon. I'm assuming that's going to, you know, carry over soon. You yeah. Know, I kind of have some thoughts as well about what might what this might mean. You know, it seemed like this week they were going out of their way to humanize Eobard. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and it's it, almost like I'm like, oh god, is he coming on next year to kind of replace Rory and you know? I hope not. I hope it's just 
because I, I, I was kind of thinking about you know what they're doing here. My my thought didn't go to to be a replacement on uh, on the Legends team because that would I don't there, 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 there's not a comic precedence for Reverse Flash being any sort of like anti hero, is there? None. None. Okay. So that that's what I was thinking because you know they're doing all this stuff like the the way they talk about because uh, you know Ray Ray and, and Eobard really kind of have this moment where he's like he puts two and two together. You're a time aberration. The reason why you had to run all the time is because you're being hunted. You don't want to die. Uh, you know he mentions Caitlin and Cisco. Eobard does, uh, and 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 so you know he's he, it's it's there's a lot of stuff in there to kind of like you know make people sympathize with him. And I'm I'm trying to think, is this something that they're trying to do because they want to bring him back and have him be more developed on the Flash? Um, Because I I really don't want Eobard to be a, quote, good guy. Like, Heat Wave, I get it. You know, he's kind of there. He's just going with the flow because he's Heat Wave. He doesn't care. Uh, but Eobard is is like a supervillain to the nth degree, and, he, and it, w- part of his thing is to always destroy Barry Allen. Why would he be out gallivanting around with a bunch of losers, uh, fixing time aberrations? And, and I get, and I'm, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I kind of talked about this on my other show because uh, I do kind of do a little bit on Flash and stuff like that. And I'm kind of done with speedsters as the villain for a while. Like, I really hope next season, just to get off a little bit topic, I really hope next season on Flash. They maybe do a rogue season or something else because I, you know, it's like every year it's a speedster who's not known to us, and him and Barry must fight, and Barry must get faster than this speedster, you know. And now they've kind of washed rinse repeat like three times on this. I'm ready for something else on Flash. So I, you know, as much as I'd like to see Eobard back over there and one one or two episodes of him next season over there would be great. I'm kind of ready for them not to have just the big bad be another speedster. It's like, kind of stretch yourself out a little bit. You know, Superman fights Lex Luthor. He doesn't have the same power. It's not like it's a bizarro fight every week. Right, you know? right, yeah. I, I would like to so, see the rogues, you know. That's that's exactly what I want to see. I'm like, there are 11 rogues. I, I did a count. There's 11 rogues, so there's 11 episodes right there. Well, you know, and yeah, then, then like the, the team-up episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can mix and match them. You can throw in an Eobard one, so there's 12. I, I mean, for me, I think Savitar probably is some form of Kadabra, and I think it involves HR. I've now changed my – I thought it was Wally, and I'm like, wait a second. I think HR is Abracadabra, and I think that's involving Savitar because he knew too much. But besides that, I just would like to see something new on Flash. That being said, if they moved e- – so if they weren't going to use Eobard every week over there because they're doing something else and they put him over here for a while, I'd kind of be okay with that, you know? Sure. I just because I do like the actor and yeah. I like the character, you know I like him better as Eobard than, you know I like Harrison Wells being Harrison Wells and Eobard being Eobard. Yeah, this is my kind of Eobard. So, so are you saying like the HR that we see now is like a like his like his whole like presence is like under under a spell because of Abracadabra because they did I they did cast Abracadabra. 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 They, they already they have an Abracadabra. Yep, it's uh, really? it's Dave Desmalchin, okay. um, from uh, like, no, oh, he's the uh, the Joker thug in uh, The Dark Knight that uh, Harvey almost shoots. I didn't know they casted an Abracadabra then. That yep, and he's, my thing but of- he is, but he is from Earth nineteen. But oh, it, awesome. but you'll, I'm pretty sure you'll see him and HR in the same in the same room. 
Uh huh. But they could still do that because HR does. Is, he could be wearing HR's face. He said, "I took over my partners." You know, what if this guy killed? What if ever could ever killed HR and took HR over? This is a flash TV talk now, but <laughs> you know, in, in my thinking, I because ever could ever is the only rogue they really haven't brought out. And I mean, he's not a rogue. He's kind of tangential, but that I'd love to see. Then okay, fine. There wasn't really a speedster. It was some sort of like you know. Even better if it was a magic trick of of Abracadabra the whole way around and Savitar didn't even really exist. I think that would be great, but be that as it may, I could see I could see Eobard being on Legends, and you know that's kind of the only thing I could think of for them to humanize him a bit is you know because we want our villains to be a little mustache twirly, especially the big ones like Eobard Thawne and and things like that. You know, I don't want well, him to just be my thought. good. He I- needs to be evil. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the yeah. thing, though. It's like you know, a, a good villain thinks he's the good guy. You know, there's 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 right. always that kind of uh, uh, mentality with, with with really good villains is that they believe that what they're doing is right, even when it's wrong. Right. Uh, you know, and maybe maybe they could go that route with it. It's like you know, it's they're humanizing him in an aspect so that when he's doing these evil things. It's hard for us to just straight up hate him. And it's like, because that, that's like, I was like, ah, man, it's like, Eobard's such a good guy, but he kills people all the time. It's like, come on, Eobard. Right. <laughs> or, or they could find some way to, you know, control him. It could be Rip gets something on him, and he's got like like a Suicide Squad device where it's like, you know, if you get out of line, I'm going to blow your head up, you know, but you're going to help us with this because you know something about this. Yeah. And we'll keep you, fr- and we'll keep you from the uh, the Black Flash, you know. Well, and I, that could be what they'd use right there. We have a way to block the Black Flash, but you've got to run with us. Yeah, run yeah. And with so, us. And yeah, and so <laughs> he, you've got somebody on the ship who's always, you know, he he's not there because he wants to be or chooses to be. He's there because he's being forced to be, so that adds a layer of drama to it. Yeah, that's true. But um, be that as it may. Yeah. That sounded more like speculatory. <laughs> if, well, if anything, I would see that um, Malcolm would be the more the turn to the good guy right. sort of thing. Cause he's helped out Oliver in the past because of Thea, all the, all the other ones, they're, they're too, they're too bad to be, to turn good. Yeah, that's true. But okay, I can go with that. Yeah. Well, there, there was one more thing we got to talk about before we, before we move on uh, from the, the episode talking points. But, uh, so there's, we we we've had uh you know we were mentioning the the cargo bay doors inventing everything and and uh commander steel met an unfortunate doom and so that's another uh personal loss for the crew this season when there's already been so many uh and and this has some implications there and there's some things that we need to talk about but i think in order to do that we need to move on because it's time for speculation All right, so with the loss of Henry, uh, Vixen finding out her future with her granddaughter, uh, Eobard wants to escape non-existence. <laughs> uh, Ray wants Jean back. 
Stein wants to protect his daughter, uh, Rip's wife and son, Sarah's sister, Leonard Snart. Every member of the crew really wants a change in history. Uh, and what do we have as the big MacGuffin of this of this season is the Spear of Destiny, which can change reality. So what does this mean for the Spear? Uh, there's so many people who want to use it, good guys and bad. How how what's what's going to happen? Do we think there's going to be a situation where the uh, the legends collect it and then they're going to have infighting on how 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 to use it? I mean, will they use it at all? Uh, Kyle, what do you think is going to happen? There, there's so many possibilities here. So many people that w- that could use it to benefit themselves. Uh, where are we going to go from here? Uh, I think I think it is going to get used, and I think. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This might not be the greatest idea, but I think Mick is gonna be the one that uses it. (laughs) You're probably right. Because that way, that way, Leonard would be back. But nothing else would change. Spoilers. Spoilers. I mean, he's he's back next week. Yeah, that is true. So we. But I mean, we could still. It would still probably make the the best for TV and most sense to have Mick. Have the spear of destiny and use it, just because it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and there, there's less repercussions if he just brings Snart back. I think than some of the other things that could happen. Well, I could see Mick actually going that extra step and being like, "Well, I'm here, you know. Let's bring back Rips." You know, like he's been fighting alongside these guys, so I could see him saying Sarah's sister and all, and just wackadoo's history, something fierce. And since I think they had knowledge of, I mean, this got renewed early this year. Everybody got renewed a little early this year. Part of me wonders if they're not going to try to do some sort of cliffhanger and use the Spirit of Destiny, like, in the last five minutes of the episode. Oh, yeah. You know, and be like, you know, so we have another Flashpoint. And what's it going to mean for Flash? And what's it going to mean for, because, I mean, I think Legends, oh, no, there's Arrow still. So they really can't change history like they did on, you know, without impacting Arrow. So I don't know, but I think they're going to use it too. I think I don't think you can't not use it at this point. You've kind of sold that this thing is pretty awesome. But I, I mean, so how do you use it in a way? Because I, you know, I was talking uh, on Flash TV talk with Bo about this, and if they use the Spear of Destiny, like when what Bo was saying is that they do is that you know Ebar gets it, uses it, and says I exist, and that's it, and that that's all that's all he says is I exist now. Uh, it doesn't doesn't change the fact that he, that Eddie's still dead. It's just Eobard Thawne exists. Uh, and then poof, he's magically back and everything else can remain the same. Uh, do you think that's a route they're going to go with it? They're going to they're gonna do it in such a way that it doesn't impact any of the other shows. Because you're right, Will. I mean, there, there's Arrow, there's Flash. There's all these repercussions that can happen depending on what they do. Uh, even on Legends itself, like they could you know rewrite some of the stuff that they've done. Uh, that, that's why I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do with it. If they're going to go a route where it's like, hey, you know what? Let's just really 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 MacGuffin this and take bring back do whatever in a way that is uh completely separate from the other shows that doesn't really affect them that would bring stuff back without affecting flashpoint without affecting anything on arrow uh do you think they're gonna go that route i think uh i think they're gonna do something i mean they're going to vanishing point next week according to the uh according to the preview okay um so that could be a part of it too. I mean, what if they undo the Time Masters being gone? And if you bring Eobard back, what does that do to see? You can't just bring Eobard back without, you know, 
it's the ability to alter reality. But I don't think you can just say, you know, I magically, I, Eobard, now magically exists without any sort of family. You know, the reason I don't exist is my family doesn't exist. So he has to bring back, you know, Eddie, and he has to, I would think. It's not just a time, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, it's reality, though. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you warp reality. Uh, I mean, Kyle, what, do, you, do you think that if, if, if they do end up using it, they do make changes, that these are going to be sweeping changes, or are they going to do it in a way that it doesn't poke any of the other shows? I don't think it's going to be uh, a universe, a TV universe-wide uh, change. I think it's just going to be something that's um, just in the Legends universe um, yeah but how can you I, well i just i'm asking because like you know with the example of like captain cold you want him back on flash you know if if they bring dinah back or not dinah but laurel back you know that that impacts arrow the the same way that every time they change history nothing else changes on <laughs> flash or arrow good point good point yeah that is true that is true uh, and we have how many episodes left? Um, after this one, 14, three, three. three. So, so yeah, we're, getting, I mean, we're getting very close to the end of the season two. Very close. Very close. So there's not too much left really for, uh, you know, time for them to kind of figure out what's going on. So I, I, I think this, the next couple episodes are going to be, are all going to be important. There's all, there, there's not going to be any like filler or anything like that going on. So we're going to get some answers to these questions pretty soon. Uh, and I, I know we talked a little bit about this earlier about Eobard there, but, uh, because of this whole redemption angle for Eobard, I, I, I mean, I just, I just don't know. Like I, they can't get rid of Eobard cause he's, you know, the, he's reverse flash. He's, he's a very important villain in, in the flash universe, but if they're not doing any, my, my question here is this, are they setting up Eobard and building his character on this show so that they can bring him back to flash or so that they can use him in some way on Legends in Season 3. Uh, and I know we talked about it a little bit more. We'll go into a little bit more detail. Kyle, do you think they're going to uh, bring it back on Flash, or do you think they're going to try to utilize him uh, Season 3 of Legends? Uh, they're going to utilize him more on Flash. That's where I mean, that's where his, his roots are, so to say. Um, so they're, I think they're gearing up to bring him back so that, I mean, there's always going to be uh, someone to fight Barry at at any turn if they wanted to. Yeah. And Will, I think you already kind of talked about it, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I I would I would like to see him come back to Flash. Uh, they they're kind of tying these two shows together. They're putting them right after one another on Tuesdays. Uh, so I I guess it's less of a stretch to think that Flash people would watch Legends. And so if they do, right. they're, they're kind of gonna they're they're gonna. It's not like this this character development that we have on Legends is is necessarily wasted, because the two the two shows are kind of you know linked there in that regard as far as the time slot way. Um, so hopefully this means that we're gonna bring back Eobard on Flash. That's what I would hope. Uh, but yeah, if they try to rope him into Legends season three as a legend, and he's gonna be gallivanting around fixing history, I don't think that's gonna be good. I think that's that's outside of his character and. I, just a, a bastardization of it. Yeah. yeah, it was just an idea I had. I was like, I'm wondering if they're trying to, you know. But you're probably correct. 
I mean, I don't know though, because I mean, you know, if if people like this humanized Eobard, maybe they'd be like, hey, yeah, you know, I'd be fine with him being an antihero, and I'd be like, no, I am not. <laughs> I want to find these people, and I want to say no, and just shake them. <laughs> but you know, the CW is going to CW, and if they can ship it, they will, and so maybe they'll ship, uh, maybe they'll ship Eobard and and Rip or something. I don't know via this weird love triangle. <laughs> Eo Rip. Yeah, Eo Rip. <laughs> Rip a bard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh I think that's 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 some good speculation that we got going on there. And now for the best and most favoritist part of the show. Uh it's mix quote of the week. It's the mix quote of the week. Mix quote, mix quote, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i noticed that this was they were much more conversational this week he really didn't have like just one off they were always in conversation with somebody else wait so i i got i gotta add one in here uh Go for it. okay so one that i that i noticed uh was uh this wait haircuts on the moon <laughs> okay. Let us talk about our dearly departed friend Kyle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kyle, if you would be so kind as to read the potential mix quote of the weeks for this week. All right. I'm going to do the the one that you just did first, and then I'll okay. rock paper scissors. You guys, whoever wants to do the non mix quotes for the other one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Haircuts on the moon. We're heading to Houston, 1970. Yeah. Elvis at the Astrodome. Then we're going to rescue my grandfather. Then Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like haircuts on the moon. Because they squoze it in there. Like I, When I, I, I rewatched the part of the episode, and uh, I missed it the first time completely in the second, the second so watch. So yeah, and the second watch I saw that, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's got to be it. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm down with that. Cool. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, mixed quote of the week, as read by Kyle, uh, is... Brought to you by Legends TV Talk. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can actually put something in there. That'd be neat. But, uh, anywho, that does it for mixed quote of the week, and so it looks like we're out of time. But if you want to keep in touch with us while we travel the time stream, here's how. You can follow me on Twitter at RingThatBell. Uh, you can follow me at KyleKrause89. Or you can follow me on Twitter at WR Benson or look for the Week in Geek podcast with Will and Tim on the Satchel Podcast Player, iTunes, or Google Play Store. Also, feel free to email us at legendstvtalk at gmail.com. And we also created a Facebook page, so be sure to like us there at facebook.com slash legendstvtalk. And if you like this show, check out some of the other TV Talk shows. Supergirl TV Talk, Starkville Labs, and Flash TV Talk with Bell and Bo. And while you're at it, check us out on iTunes and give us a review. And we'll go ahead and read them on the show. And don't forget, you can download all of the TV Talk podcasts on the Satchel Podcast Player. And even this show is now on the Google Play and the podcast section. And a uh, special thanks to Charlie Bach for making our bumps and outro music. Uh, you can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash charliebach. And as always, you stay classy, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs>